Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Vitali Zaidman. Vitali, do you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. You want to just give a brief introduction, let people know who you are, why you're famous, all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm working in a software solutions company. It's called uh, Walden Software. We're located in uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. Cool. Um, I'm, uh, lately, I started writing about uh, JavaScript. I have this very, very famous uh, blog post that was seen by uh, like half half million, million of people. And uh, yeah, I built a couple of uh, very complex uh, websites. I'm uh, in charge of two uh, very interesting projects right now. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's me. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Very cool. Yeah, we actually did an interview with you about that blog post on JavaScript Jabber. Um, it was episode uh, 331, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But yeah, we talked last year. We're recording this in February of 2019, and, 2019, and the episode came out in September of 2018. So it, anyway, it was really interesting. And it's always interesting just to talk about some of these coding practices uh, that center around different aspects of programming like testing. Um, but this this show, we actually get people's story. We, we find out where you came from and how you got into code and all that stuff and, and really give people a chance to get to know you because uh, programming is not just you and a computer anymore. It's, you know, it's the people and the community and things like that. And so, you know, this was kind of my decision to highlight people out there in the community who are doing cool stuff. So, um, why don't we start out with how you got into programming? Yeah, so uh, I started writing code when I was uh, 13. I had this uh, software that was called, I think, Wiz or Div or something like this. It was, uh, I believe, uh, Pascal or something. And it was like a infrastructure for writing uh, computer games. And um, I didn't know what I'm doing, but uh, I was really, really determined and uh, really got results. And I had these uh, very, very primitive games that uh, my brother was uh, playing. Um, and uh, after that, I didn't uh, program for a long, long time until I uh, got out of the army. Uh, here in Israel, after I finished the army when I was 21. Mm -hmm. 
I uh, started started the okay so I was gonna uh, start um, learning philosophy and uh, something like um, I don't know public uh, service or something like this um, mm. or history or something like this I wasn't sure like I didn't really want to study computer science because I had some negative stigma about uh, programmers I think although I knew that I'm really good at it and uh, I had really, really high grades at school and stuff, but uh, I felt like there is no soul in uh, in this kind of uh, fields. But uh, but then I actually just on spite I decided to I just changed my mind and enrolled to. Um, computer science uh, courses in the university in the open university of uh, here in Israel and uh, yeah so I started programming as part of the in the university after two years I uh, started looking for uh, a company to start actually working in the industry and uh, I got to the company that I'm working in until actually today i'm still in this company from uh, where when i was a student i'm in this company for like seven years wow and that's like forever in developer years yeah definitely definitely i i i, I don't think i know even one other person that uh, <laughs> works so much time in uh, the same company so yeah, so the thing with my company is that uh, I had uh, this chance to work on very, very different uh, projects because we were a project, uh, we were a software solutions company. So I'm always working on something new. I'm always working with the latest technologies. I uh, got the chance to work with... Uh, iOS and Android and Windows Phone and I work with uh, Cordova and uh, at the time it was like um, Kikas I think or something like this how was it called uh -huh. um, yeah in jQuery and Angular and later React and I really think that uh, I work worked on almost everything that JavaScript can offer. Nice. Uh, during these seven years. Yeah, well, I, I worked for a consultancy for a little while. And yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that was really appealing was that, yeah, I moved from one, one project to the next and got to try all kinds of stuff. And so it's almost like having multiple jobs, but you get your check from the same place. Definitely. The interesting thing that I um, started to notice is that... Uh, the world of uh, software services evolved so much and we have so much solutions today that if you stay too long in one place, you kind of become rusty, you know, you, you mm -hmm. kind of lose your edge. So what people usually do, they just switch jobs. But right. I, think, uh, I think the market develops to a place where companies like uh, my company 
really can offer uh, really can offer this uh, technological advantage without uh, changing too much jobs. So, for example, what we do usually is that uh, a developer team comes to us and uh, we help them to build the first infrastructure of the project and we help them to decide what technologies to use and uh, uh, wh even what procedures to use. You, you know, even the procedures today evolve really, really fast. Uh, Scrum today is not what Scrum was like, uh, I don't know, five years ago. Right. So um, I, th I think the market in this, uh, in this aspect evolves very, very interestingly. And uh, just really cool to be part of it. Yeah, one thing that I'm seeing just with the way that uh, the world's going technology-wise is that I think more and more companies are going to be hiring um, freelance. Yeah, I mean, they may have the same freelancers work for them for a long time, but I think more and more people are going to want to work from home. They're going to want to work, um, you know, where they may not even be in the same area that the company they're working for is in. And it'll be easier and easier for people to just hire somebody um, based on what skills they want and what technologies they need, as opposed to because they work or live near them. So, I agree. Also, my company we're all uh, remote. We don't we don't even have an office. We, we all uh, we work with mostly with Israeli companies, but not only. So yeah. So we work a lot in our customers' offices. Like yeah. not a lot, a lot. Like I, I mean, like uh, I come to the office like once a week, twice a week, maybe. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah and also we have uh, people abroad too that uh, are working with us uh, mostly in Eastern Europe a little uh, uh -huh. because it's very, very interesting, you know, um, the moment someone uh, takes a plane to Israel and becomes an Israeli citizen, he started starts earning like twice uh, the money that uh, he was earning in Eastern Europe. Oh, interesting. So yeah, the you know the market uh, forces are very. It's sometimes weird, but uh, this is the world we live in, right? Yep. Yeah, the thing I think is interesting is it's going to force a lot of the things that you're talking about, right? Where you know if you start to stagnate, and the company you know the company keeps hiring people, then yeah, eventually it's going to become apparent that you're stuck, you know, on old ideas. And that some newer ideas that solve our problems better are going to come in. And yeah, since you're not there, you're not in the office, you know, your competitive advantage is going to be that you can solve problems quickly and efficiently with better technologies as they come along, when they come along. So, Yes, but what I see is that uh, <clears throat> companies like our company, we're also really good at uh, marketing. So... We yeah. come to companies and we tell them, so your programmer, programmers are working with the same technology for too much time probably. So mm -hmm. maybe consider rebuilding the whole thing and we can offer you this help. And really, we really improve these companies and their uh, products. So it's, you might be stagnating, but you can uh, 
still, even if you work in the same company for a long time, there's, there are ways today to improve. Oh, and by the way, another thing that I noticed is that it's not enough to read, right? So I always thought that it's just enough to read and to, um, to keep up with the technology. But from what I see, uh, the experience of working in uh, different projects is very, very important. And that's why I agree with you about freelancers. So they have yeah. the chance to actually experience a lot of technologies. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, what I was about to say. <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, you were agreeing on the, the opportunities that people have then to grow. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's fine, but but I find that a very interesting and compelling discussion on where the industry is going to end up, and I think people are going to have different have to have different skill sets than they have now, because there are going to be more skill sets than just um, I drive to my office and then work. You're going to have to be able to communicate in ways that work well for teams that are distributed. Yeah. Um, so, so you get into programming. Um, I'm curious, how did you wind up getting into JavaScript? Was it just a part of getting into the job or were you already into it, you know, when you were studying computer science or how did that work out? Well, I built my, uh, yeah. So another thing I forgot to mention is that, uh, when I was looking for a job, I built, uh, uh, very impressive site from scratch in PHP and uh, JavaScript. Uh, I just wrote it with Notepad. You know, it was just uh, today when I, I look at it and like, wow, it's so, uh, I was really, really determined to do it, you know, and uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so my job, my boss really saw my potential. He was like, uh, yeah, we don't have juniors here, but I think you're really cool. So, yeah, let's uh, let's do it. And uh, I really, <clears throat> I re I, I really liked his experience and uh, his company and his uh, his approach. And I really like that it's working from home because I lived in a small city. I wasn't living like in Tel Aviv at first. Uh, I lived in Beersheba, so uh, I started working remotely and just I had many, many opportunities, even just in the first year. So, um, yeah, that's how I started. Uh, I didn't really knew, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't really knew the how the industry looks like and what's the options. Because at the time, I don't, I don't think I really found good blog posts or good uh, YouTube videos about it. Uh -huh. um, so I just took the first thing that I saw. I, I had no idea that JavaScript is going to become as huge as it's today. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I mean, yeah. when I was, I've, I've been in the web development uh, community for 12 or 13 years. And... I mean, even back then, people were going, yeah, well, you know, we have jQuery, <laughs> right? And it makes it less painful to deal with. And that was pretty much the extent of it. 
yeah, nobody saw it coming. Yeah, I even remember that when I uh, was looking at salary tables or um, how it's called, like um, how much people earn. Yeah. So web development was really, really low at these tables at the time. Okay, not really, really low, but lower than, say, Java or other things, at least here in Israel. And uh, I was really like... Uh, I wasn't sure for this reason alone that uh, I want to get into web development specifically, but uh, my boss was really smart and really explained to me that uh, that's the thing you want to do. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I trusted him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. So have you adopted uh, more along the lines? Because these days it seems like if you're doing JavaScript, unless you're doing like Node Express, you're generally doing front-end stuff. So you're doing React or Angular or Vue. Do you have a direction that you've kind of ended up going in? Yeah, I'm more into React right now. Um, I, I was working a lot on uh, Node.js and I was mm -hmm. building servers for a long time. But uh, lately, like last two years, I'm really, really focused on front-end, on React, on uh, really big front-end projects. Obviously, it involves back-end, but I'm really focusing on the front-end. Um, it's just huge. Like, in projects that are this big, I'm not sure it's, uh, it's good to work, uh, to be full-stack because um, like if you build a really really big react website uh -huh. you have so much issues with performance for example and with um, with a lot of things so i don't know i really like this uh, i really like being front end at least for now but uh, but you know anything i uh, i can work with anything I guess. Yep. No, that makes sense. Hey guys, let me tell you about Clubhouse. I swear, I've used every project management software there is out there, and I hated project management software. Now I have Clubhouse. Overall, it's simple and straightforward to use, but it has enough of the integrations and power features you need to get the job done without getting confusing. This means that I can use it, and the non-technical members of my team can figure out what they need from it. It also makes it easy for me to zoom out and see what's going on overall before zooming back in and specifying more work that needs to be done or picking the next task for me to tackle. They integrate with all the systems that you'd expect and have a REST API for, well, the REST. If you go to https clubhouse.io slash jsstory, you can get two months free instead of the standard 14-day trial for any team size. Once again, that's https clubhouse.io slash jsstory. Um, so what have you done with JavaScript that you're particularly proud of or excited to talk about? First of all, I, uh, <clears throat> when I started, I uh, worked on uh, a project where they had this uh, SQL, SQL uh, database. And uh, it was, I'm proud of it, especially because I did it when I just started, like in my first uh, three months, I think. Uh, I, I built this adapter where SQL commands were converted to Node 
MongoDB commands. And uh, it was very cool. I, I'm still very proud of it. <laughs> it was a really long time ago. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I'm really proud of is um, a library that uh, I built not long ago. It's uh, uh-huh. an open source uh, library. It's called uh, Why Did You Render? So it started right. from uh, where I was uh, maintaining another project that's called Why Did You Update? That many people probably know because it's considered one of the most important tools in React performance. But um, when I was working on it, I really didn't like a lot of uh, infrastructural things. So I rewrote the whole thing in the mass cutting edge technologies and uh, it works very, very nicely. And it reports uh, re-renders very nicely. It's just a very, very good tool for React performance. So I'm very, very proud of it. And also the site that I'm working on right now, it's called, it's called Powtoon, powtoon powtoon.com. And uh, it's like slideshows, basically. It's like uh, a more complex, uh, but more user-friendly PowerPoint, I guess. And it's very, very cool. Very cool. And then you've been doing the blogging. I mean, we, we brought you on to talk about a blog post you wrote. How often do you wind up writing for the on Medium for the, your blog? Uh, not as much as I want because I have uh, many things that I want to write about, but it takes time, you know. you got to find a way to make it profitable somehow because uh, yeah. otherwise, like today, I spend a lot of my free time to do it. Right. Uh, but but with time, I I, I see how I uh, what I can offer to my company with it. So I see how can I uh, make it part of my my job, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Uh, yeah, I I wrote a post about uh, open source in general. Uh, I wrote some posts about uh, technological stuff. And uh, just uh, last week, I released the 2019 version of my uh, JavaScript testing uh, article. And I added a lot of information there, especially about, uh, I, I added a whole new section about visual regression testing, which is a very, very cool thing. Um, and uh, I, I really like this blog post. It's like, it's very, very nice. Nice. Very cool. So, so what are you working on now? Oh, sorry. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that um, AI is uh, really, AI really enters the testing field. It's, very, mm-hmm. it's a very, very interesting process where uh, manual testers were uh, replaced in uh, you know a big uh, a big share of them at least were replaced by automated tests mm-hmm. and now ai makes it even better and cooler so you have for example puppy tools which is a very very cool uh, visual regressing 
regression testing tool that uh, uses AI to improve what differences in your site uh, are okay and what differences, like visual differences in your site are uh, not okay and you should address them or you should like confirm or not confirm them. So uh, I, I think this process will uh, accelerate in the upcoming time where AI will help us test our applications. Oh, actually, it will also help us program in some point, right? But uh, for now, at least it will help us to know that our application is not broken. Yeah, I kind of envision, yeah, a couple of things. So um, if you get the AI to the point where it can determine what the right thing is without having to be explicitly told, I think that is really interesting and going into testing and having it work out that way is cool and then yeah the other end where it's programming i've heard some people say well well uh, ai couldn't possibly take over all aspects of programming and i think to a certain extent that's correct but i think so right now we have refactorings that are built into a lot of the ides and things like that right so yeah you change the name somewhere and it changes it everywhere or you know, so, some of these basic areas of things where, you know, it's it's extract this to a method or a function. Yeah, you can actually call it AI, right? Yeah, but but it's really simple. And what, what I can imagine is you start building out your system and then the AI comes in and instead of saying, oh, you changed the name of this variable, let me change it. Do you want me to change it everywhere else? It says, it looks like you're building the observer pat- pattern. Would you like me to, you know, frame it out for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it fills in whole sections of your code and it's not just, oh, you know, these three methods on this class. It's It actually builds out a class structure for you to hang all of your stuff off of. Yeah, maybe like when you're writing some kind of class, maybe the computer, like your IDE will suggest something like, would you like to split it maybe? Or like, uh, would you like to, I don't know, this part of the code is not covered, but, but not like covered in uh, this line of the code is not covered. This whole process, for example, is not covered or something like this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that would be cool be, too. The, yeah, just in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, and also, for example, something like... Uh, or I'm not sure how to test this. Can you train me? Yeah, that's interesting. Or, or maybe, maybe even, uh, can you please write me a simple class that does X mm-hmm. and Y? You know, yeah. or a sim- can can you find a library that can do X and Y, or can you add this utility to my software or something? It can be very cool. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe we should start a startup. You know. Yeah, there we go. Because I have all this time to spend on something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ideas yeah. are fascinating. Maybe, maybe we just made somebody rich in 10 years. I don't know. But, but yeah, you know, it's interesting to see where that goes. And then also just looking in general at where AI is going to go. Um, I, I have designs to start probably six or seven more podcasts this year. And the AI podcast is definitely one of those that I would like to see. So... Me too. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds great. Yep. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Completely. So, so what, what have you been doing with AI? What, what specifically, where have you been fitting that into what you do? Actually, I didn't really have the chance to work with it. Okay. I really am really fascinated because now we, okay, so in Powtoon, we're going to build something like this. We're just planning it. Uh, so two things. Uh, first thing is uh, you have these characters in the presentation and uh, we want to teach them how to lip sync. So that's a very cool thing that we're going to do. Uh -huh. uh, so we just record your song and the characters can sing, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing is that uh, when someone starts a presentation, we want to uh, guess what presentation he wants to start and uh, to give him not only the presentations uh, that, he, that he wants to... Okay, so not only pre presentations from the subject that uh, he likes, for example, I don't know, medical presentations or uh, uh, presentations for school or something, but also try to style it as he likes. So that's a very cool thing. Uh, another cool, cool thing you can do with AI is just to, to to take a text or something and to let the AI uh, build your presentation, right? And it can even be like it can even be improved with machine learning, so it can improve over time by comparing uh, what the machine did with the, what the user then did with what the machine did. So with the final result. So th that's the cool thing that we're going to do uh, shortly. Awesome, very cool. So one other thing that I usually want to know is just how people can find you online. So it sounds like you're working on some interesting stuff. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to have people able to follow that on Twitter or GitHub or whatever. Or your blog. So, so it's uh, V Zeidman everywhere, like Medium and Twitter and uh, GitHub and LinkedIn and whatever. So yeah, follow me. Would be, will be awesome. Nice. Do you have any pics you want to share? Anything you want to shout out about on the show? Yeah, so... Uh, um, yeah, two things. First of all, uh, there's this Israeli company that's called uh, testteam.io. It's, uh, it's, it's basically like tests with uh, AI. They guess if the test is broken or not. By uh, They have a very, very cool system and they really, really enjoyed recording tests uh, with their product because I'm used to record tests with code and I was kind of... A little snobbish even about recording tests with recording tools, you know, because like, yeah, I'm writing code, but uh, it was really, really convenient. So, yeah, I'm picking it. And also, um, it's Apple tools. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've so seen Apple, that some conferences sponsoring. Yeah, so Apple tools is the, it's a very, very cool tool too. It's a visual regression uh, testing tool. And uh, actually, testing and Applitools has a great integration. Cool. We'll definitely have to check those out. Um, maybe even see if we can get them to sponsor the shows or something. Great.
Awesome. Uh, I'm going to throw in a few picks of my own. Um, so I think on the last recording, which was for me a couple hours ago, was released last week, um, I picked VRBO and the um, St. George Parade of Homes. Um, one other pick that I have, and this is something that I'm using, uh, funny enough, last weekend, this weekend, and the weekend after, um, I'm not going to be home for any of those <laughs> weekends because um, of just the way conference schedules worked out. Um, I was actually not planning to go to a conference this weekend, and then um, Codebeam um, in San Francisco, they asked me to come and be a track host. So I'm, I'm going to be introducing their speakers uh, for one of the tracks on Thursday. And um, uh, for those who are interested, that's an Elixir and Airlink conference. And so, uh, yeah, that, that'll be for the Elixir Mix podcast. But anyway, um, whenever I travel, I wind up booking stuff. And it, it, usually it's just hotel and airfare, and so it's not terrible. Um, but I like to be able to make that information available to my wife and forwarding her emails and then having her sort through her email to find them just is not awesome. So what I've been doing instead is I've been using um, an app called TripIt. And I'm sure this is old news for a lot of people. Um, I've been using it for a while myself, really and like it. Uh, but what I do is I just forward any itineraries that I get from, you know, from, I usually fly Delta. So, you know, if I get an email from Delta or an email from um, whatever website I booked the hotel on or whatever, I forward that in. And then um, she can see which hotel I'm staying at. She can see um, when my flights fly out and come back. Um, she has my confirmation numbers. She has the flight number. And it just makes it really, really convenient to travel. And so, um, yeah, so what I wind up doing usually is I'll have the trip in uh, TripIt, and then I will invite her to view the trip. And, and then and anyway, so then she can have it on her own app, or she can just uh, go to TripIt.com and see it. So um, anyway, it's, it's really convenient that way. So uh, I'm going to pick that. And I, I've rambled a bit about it, but um, I, I think I'm going to do one other pick that's less long, or maybe not, <laughs> depending on how it goes. Um, but uh, my, I, I would wound up talking to my brother-in-law a lot during this trip. And um, he and his family have really gotten into uh, Dungeons & Dragons, which has been uh, something that I do with my brothers and sisters. And uh, yeah, I've, I've just really, really been enjoying it. Um, so I'm going to pick some of the stuff that I've, I've used there. Um, so my brother has been the dungeon master for the current round that we're playing with my, uh, brothers and sisters. And, uh, if he wants to keep doing it, I don't think I'm going to volunteer to be the DM, but, um, I've, I have been thinking about like finding some way to organize like an online, uh, Dungeons and Dragons group with, uh, the listeners and, you know, any listeners that want to show up. Um, I figure that, you know, we probably get a decent sized group, but not an overwhelmingly large group. And if there is, then we'll figure something out. But um, anyway, I, so I've been buying Dungeons and Dragons books, um, you know, and every time I do it, my wife rolls her eyes, but uh, yeah, so I've gotten a bunch of those. I've got the dungeon master's guide and the player's guide and um, a couple of other books that have different monsters and quests in them. And then I also got, uh, if you're, if you're playing one of the things that makes it really nice Obviously, I don't know that you can do this online, 
um, you know, you'd have to have an app that does it, but drawing the maps. Um, so I got a little whiteboard map that goes on the table and we, we <laughs> I took it over when we were playing, you know, with the family and um, my brother looked at that and he's like, oh, that'll make things easier. So uh, anyway, I'll put links to all this stuff that I've got for Dungeons and Dragons in the show notes, but I've really, really been enjoying that. So uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it is the fifth edition at this point, but um, you know, you can get some of the older stuff and, you know, play things up as well. So we'll see, we'll see where we wind up with that. But yeah, um, I guess I'll pick that stuff too. Um, thanks for coming, Vitali. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun to talk. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get you back on JavaScript Jabber and talk more about coding and testing and all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up, folks, and we will catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.